In a market already crowded by a number of online options, PointsBet simply stands out. And if you still haven't signed up with PointsBet, now is the perfect time. So don't wait and sign up today. Awesome daily promos, odds boosters you won't find anywhere else, early payout promos, it's all at pointsbet.com. You can bet from anywhere in New Jersey using your mobile device. And don't forget to try your hand at points betting, where your potential winnings or losses from a bet aren't fixed, but variable right up until the end of the game. The more you're right, the more you win. And now PointsBet has a brand new offer for new customers. Just sign up using our promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E, and you'll receive four risk-free bets up to $1,000. This is the largest welcome offer in the sports betting marketplace, and we do encourage new players to take advantage. And make sure you use our promo code HOUSE to get this special sign-up offer. That's promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. Bets you won't believe, moments you'll never forget. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Hello, everyone. This is Ashley Adams. Welcome to House of Cards. I'll be your host for the hour. Uh, we have a great guest. We're going to be speaking with Larry Gregg. Larry Gregg is a professor, a professor emeritus at the University of Missouri, and he has written a book, a wonderful book, about Las Vegas in the 1950s. It's called Las Vegas in the 1950s, Becoming America's Playground. I think you really enjoy listening to our conversation. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The weather is getting nicer here in Jersey, so grab your tablet and your cell and bring Party Poker with you. Why go to Atlantic City or Pennsylvania? Pay for gas, pay for parking, fight the crowds. You can play the same games online anywhere in the Garden State. If you're 21 and in New Jersey, go to nj.partypoker.com and sign up using promo code EXIT7A. You'll even get a first deposit match up to $1,000. Start playing and start winning some cash. Use promo code EXIT7A for great online poker action plus some bonus money with Party Poker at nj.partypoker.com. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. That's BABE16 because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Medicare Benefits Line is not connected with or endorsed by any government agency or the federal Medicare program. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to. These new Medicare Advantage plans may have many free new benefits including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. 
Call 800-217-1797. 800-217-1797. 800-217-1797. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare Benefits Line now. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Call 800-217-1797. 800-217-1797. You're listening to House of Cards. Check out our website at houseofcardsradio.com. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. This is Ashley Adams, your host for the hour, and we are here with a very scholarly and articulate guest. His name is Larry Gregg. He is a professor, a distinguished teaching professor emeritus at Missouri University. Are you there, Larry? I am here. Terrific. Well, I want, first of all, to establish your credentials as a scholar. I mean, you wrote Las Vegas in the 1950s, but that was not your first book. Give us a little bit of background so that people know that you know of what you speak. Sure. I've been a scholar for about 40 years. My my early work, academic work, was on the study of early Americans, Puritans and Quakers. But I took a trip to Las Vegas in 1992 as a tourist and got very, very interested in the history of Las Vegas, and I've been focused on that since uh, 2003. My research has led to several articles, and this is my third book uh, on Las Vegas. My first one was on popular culture, how it viewed Las Vegas. I called it Bright Light City. Uh, The second one was a uh, biography of gangster Benjamin Bugsy Siegel. But then I decided that the key decade to understand about Las Vegas was the 1950s, and that led to the research for this this book. All right, so let's get into it. Tell us about how it is that Las Vegas got built up in the 1950s and became what you describe as a family vacation spot. Well, it was it was a, a tough uh, trick for them to pull off because. If most Americans knew anything about Las Vegas before 1950, they thought of it as that that den of iniquity somewhere in, in the far west. Uh, what they read about it in magazines like Look or Life or the New York Times was that it was a place where you went to find open gaming, uh, prostitution, and it, it wasn't a place that you would take a family. But what, what happened for the city at the end of World War II that they had to make a decision about what their future would be like. And the Chamber of Commerce decided that tourism was the hope for their growth. And they they decided they needed a publicity firm, uh, an advertising firm, to help them market them to a broader population. <clears throat> and and the, the firm that they hired was a, a great choice. Steve Hannigan and Associates, who had been successful in promoting Miami, Florida, uh, became for at least 16 months uh, the firm that they used. And what Hannigan recommended that they do is not advertise gambling at all. He said, don't advertise what people already know about you. Advertise the other elements you can offer to consumers of domestic travel. And that is the great sunshine. You've got resort hotels. You've got great natural wonders surrounding Las Vegas. Sell those instead of gambling. So that was their their effort was to sell it as a place where you could have a good, wholesome, healthy vacation for four days and three nights. Plus, everybody knew going in that you could also still gamble. Okay. This part of the story I knew. What interested me was family vacation did not necessarily mean family with children, or did it? Were the children encouraged? Were there activities? I know that in the 80s, they really tried to turn Las Vegas into a place for kiddies. I mean, with, you know, indoor carnival stuff and uh, and the, like, circus-circus environment. Was that also done at the same time in the 50s? 
Well, one thing about the the example you just gave, I got to interview the the former mayor of Las Vegas, Jan Jones. She was mayor in the '90s when that was happening, and I asked her why did why did you promote Las Vegas as a family friendly city in the 1990s? And she quickly corrected me. She said, "No, no, no. What we did was promote Las Vegas as a place. If you happen to bring children, we have something for them to do." Ah. Uh. And which, which is a, you know, a, a bit of a, a spin on that argument. <clears throat> what they did in, in the 50s was really to promote it as, as a place for couples to come out. And, right. and they, the way they did that, the Las Vegas News Bureau, which really wasn't a news bureau, it was a promotion wing of the Chamber of Commerce, they had some really gifted photographers. And every morning, the photographers would go out to the resort hotels and go back to the swimming pools, and they'd see a couple... Uh, relaxing poolside, and they would go up and say, would it be okay if we took your picture and got your names and sent the photo to your hometown newspaper? <clears throat> and almost everybody said yes. And when they took the photo, they always were careful to have the marquee of the hotel in the background. So what they sent back home to, let's say, Columbia, Missouri, or uh, Dayton, Ohio, was this wonderful photo of a couple, probably many people knew, having a good time in this sun-drenched resort city. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now, get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19, that's D-R-I-N-K-19, at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. In a market already crowded by a number of online options, PointsBet simply stands out. And if you still haven't signed up with PointsBet, now is the perfect time. So don't wait and sign up today. Awesome daily promos, odds boosters you won't find anywhere else, early payout promos, it's all at PointsBet.com. You can bet from anywhere in New Jersey using your mobile device. And don't forget to try your hand at points betting, where your potential winnings or losses from a bet aren't fixed, but variable right up until the end of the game. The more you're right, the more you win. And now PointsBet has a brand new offer for new customers. Just sign up using our promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E, and you'll receive four risk-free bets up to $1,000. This is the largest welcome offer in the sports betting marketplace, and we do encourage new players to take advantage. And make sure you use our promo code HOUSE to get this special sign-up offer. That's promo code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E. Bets you won't believe, moments you'll never forget. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the House of Cards. Well, don't take it too hard. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, too. Stupid! What do you mean, stupid? Hello, everyone. This is Ashley. Welcome back. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, listeners, uh, just a reminder, if you just tuned in, we are speaking to the uh, great scholar, Larry Gregg, and he has written a book called Las Vegas in the 1950s, Becoming America's Playground. We're talking to him about the book. What I found very interesting, Larry, that I did not know is that it was not always an ascending trend line of popularity in Las Vegas. I, I remember reading in your book that there was a period in the 50s when it looked like, you know, this may not succeed, this 
expanding vacation place, that there was a dip, a significant dip in popularity. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. There was a, a building boom in 1950 through early 1955, and it, it seemed like the world was coming to Las Vegas to build resort hotels. And they happened to open four uh, within a month. And, and it, it really was too many hotels for that time period. Uh, two of them failed in less than a year, and the other two had to be taken over by more established hotels. <clears throat> the problem that they had, and it's it was a problem that they finally solved in the late 50s, was it was never difficult to fill the hotels on a Friday night and a Saturday night. But there was this terrible lull between Sunday night and Thursday night. And the only way to solve that problem was to make it a convention center. But they didn't have a facility that could accommodate really large conventions. And it took about two years of campaigning in the city and the county to get voters to approve a bond issue to build a significant convention center. And once they had that, uh, a convention center that had the capacity to hold nine or 10,000 people, it led to the building of more hotels to accommodate the convention goers. So it, you're right, there was this, this lull in 1955, and the rebound was because of the convention business. So they're planning. And now it's the biggest convention city in the world. Yes, so their planning really paid off. I mean, this is a very good example of how growth can be fueled and controlled by good city planning. Oh, absolutely. I, I came away from this, this research being very impressed with not just the Chamber of Commerce and its publicity branch, the Las Vegas News Bureau, but many of the civic leaders who understood what they needed to do to continue the growth that started in, in the early 50s. Uh, the population of the city went from about 20,000 in 1950 to over 64,000 by 1960. So they tripled the size of the community in one decade. But it's still really minuscule, uh, the, the population in the 60s, when you compare it to today. Could you give us uh, kind of a, a description of what the Strip and downtown looked like as far as development uh, in the in the 50s, what did we have there, and how how densely packed or undensely packed was the strip in the 1950s? Oh, great question! I, if you're coming from LA, and, and a good two thirds to three quarters of their customers come from Southern California, you see nothing for for miles and miles and miles, and all of a sudden, if it's 1957. Or after, you will see the Hacienda Hotel and the Tropicana. Those are the first two you will see. But as you go down this Las Vegas Boulevard, if you look beyond the the hotels, and they're all small except for the Riviera, which is a nine-story hotel, well, all you see is desert. So it's it, they're not really densely packed in. They, they weren't walkable, as, as many people walk from casino to casino now. But in, in the 1950s, they were still pretty spread out. And uh, there weren't more than a dozen by, by 1958. <clears throat> now, the downtown, however, was, which was a favorite for many tourists, was densely packed with small and, and medium-sized casinos with a few hotels. And what people liked about the downtown area was that it was focused on gambling. The, the Strip Resort Hotels had the added attraction of great entertainment, but that wasn't true for most of the uh, hotels and casinos downtown. So the, the density was downtown. It was pretty sparse along Las Vegas Boulevard. And people who go there now just can't imagine the, the few properties that one would see from the edge of, of hitting Hacienda and the Tropicana until you got down to the downtown area. One of the things I really appreciated about your work, and I, and I got to say to listeners that this book stands out because of the depth of the scholarship involved. This is not a typical, like when I write poker books, I write them off the top of my head. I don't have to do a lot of research. This book is intensely researched, and it's really refreshing to see somebody who spends so much time and care in getting the facts right. Um, so I want you to tell us a little bit about the intersection 
between a lot of things that were going on in the United States that evidenced themselves here in Las Vegas. We're going to talk about the big societal trends of uh, the women's movement and African-Americans and the atomic era. But right now, you draw a picture of the transportation uh, system in the United States and how it intersected with Las Vegas, the rise of the interstates, the decline of trains and the like. Could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. <clears throat> what what Las Vegas desperately needed was uh, a transportation infrastructure that could fuel further the growth that they were experiencing in the early to mid-1950s. It was only a two-lane highway between L.A. and Las Vegas. And it, it was a 290-mile trip, <clears throat> and it took about six hours. And so it was uh, people were tired by the time they got to Las Vegas. So they welcomed the the, the federal government's decision to dramatically expand the interstate highway system beginning in 1956. And within a few years, the the time to get from Southern California to Las Vegas was cut by more than an hour. <clears throat> but increasingly, people started flying into Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas had a very small airport on the south end of town, McCarran Field. It's now McCarran International Airport with only about four small airlines flying in. And they were only bringing in about 70,000 people in 1950. So they, they needed to upgrade the airport. It took a bond issue to get that done. But by 1960, because of a bond issue, they had an airport that could accommodate the new jet airplanes coming in. And they were bringing in uh, over a million people uh, by air by, not, by 1960. <clears throat> now, you're right about m mentioning trains. Uh, very few people came to Las Vegas on trains by 1960. But that was true nationally. The, the number of people who used trains for passenger service was less than 5%. Most people drove a car or, the, or they, they flew uh, on an airplane. They did try a special. Uh, they had a special train from L.A. to Las Vegas with a uh, club car and a buffet car. And it was popular for about 15 months, but uh, the ridership quickly dropped off after that. But one hotel, uh, the Hacienda, started their own airline. And so for a few years, they had this wonderful package that was incredibly cheap. From Southern California to Las Vegas, you got the airfare, you got two or three nights at the hotel, you got a, a coupon book for, for gaming and for meals, and that was remarkably popular <clears throat> for this hotel that didn't really have big uh, headliner entertainers. In fact, the locals were dismissive of it. They called it uh, Hayseed Heaven at the <laughs> south end of Las Vegas, but it was very, very popular and very successful. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private health care is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready, and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35000 or more, give us a call at 800-231-9279. That's 800-231-9279. 800-231-9279. When it comes to online sports betting, PlaySugarHouse.com offers players one of the best experiences in the state of New Jersey. PlaySugarHouse.com offers millions of betting options on the sports you love. They offer live in-game betting on sporting events worldwide, money line bets, 
point spreads, prop bets, play-by-play bets, and many more. All at PlaySugarHouse.com, your new home for sports betting in New Jersey. Take advantage of one of their 12 easy deposit methods to get in on all the action. And now when you sign up at PlaySugarHouse.com using our promo code HOUSE, they'll match your first deposit up to $250. More bets, better odds at PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up today at PlaySugarHouse.com and don't forget to use our promo code HOUSE to take advantage of their first deposit match up to $250. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Auto Accident Help Desk is a marketing agency connecting callers with attorneys. Providers pay a fee for advertising services. I love getting my kids ready and driving them to school. But a careless driver can change your life in an instant. And insurance companies want to settle on the cheap. Auto Accident Help Desk connects victims with powerful lawyers. They fight for you. I called Auto Accident Help Desk and got help for my pain and suffering. Don't let an insurance company take advantage of you. Our attorneys fight and beat big insurance every day. Call 800-757-1255. 800-757-1255. If you've been injured in an automobile accident in the last six months, you owe it to yourself to make this free call with no obligation. We're available 24-7 to help you get the money you deserve for your pain and suffering. Auto Accident Help Desk helps accident victims like you every day. Call 800-757-1255. 800-757-1255. That's 800-757-1255. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Unlock your best self with the Life Hack Pack from More Labs. The Life Hack Pack contains two bottles of morning recovery, two bottles of Dreamwell, and two bottles of liquid focus. The Life Hack Pack is specially designed to help you live your life not just better, but smarter. Morning recovery is designed to be taken while drinking or up to an hour after your last drink. Dreamwell is designed to be taken 30 minutes before you're ready to fall asleep. And Liquid Focus is designed to be taken 30 minutes before you have to lock in and get stuff done. Supercharge your productivity at home or work with the Life Hack Pack from More Labs. Use promo code RADIO15 at morelabs.com to get 15% off your first purchase of the Life Hack Pack or any of their other great products. That's promo code RADIO15 to take advantage of this great promo of 15% off your first purchase at morelabs.com. The Life Hack Pack for More Labs. Drink smart with morning recovery, sleep easy with dream well, and get more done with liquid focus. You can finally do it all with help from More Labs. Hey, this is Dave Weishuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards Gaming Report for the week of August 24, 2020. New Jersey's Division of Gaming Enforcement has reported that the state's racetracks and casinos recorded $264.5 million in revenue last month. This figure is down approximately 21% from this time last year. New Jersey casinos and tracks reopened in July at 25% capacity. New Jersey's online gaming revenue doubled from this time last year to $87.4 million, and sports betting revenue was also up 65% from July of 2019. The American Gaming Association has reported that revenue from commercial gambling in the U.S. has dropped almost 79% in the second quarter of 2020. U.S. casino closures in March flattened the revenues for both table games and slots, with only online gaming and sports betting showing growth. American Gaming Association head Bill Miller called the coronavirus the most difficult economic challenge the U.S. gaming industry has ever encountered. And finally, the Star Casino in Sydney, Australia, has been fined over $64,000 after it was discovered that a 12-year-old girl and two of her teenage friends were gambling on the property. 
Security cameras allegedly caught the mother of the 12-year-old girl sneaking her in the back door and also showed the parents sitting with the girl as she played the video poker machines. They might want to start checking IDs down under. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. You're listening to the House of Cards with Ashley Adams. A poker face carved in marble. (laughs) Welcome back, listeners. Uh, you're listening to House of Cards. I'm the host, Ashley Adams. Uh, listeners, just a reminder, if you just tuned in, we are speaking to the uh, great scholar, Larry Gregg, and he has written a book called Las Vegas in the 1950s, Becoming America's Playground. We're talking to him about the book. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the other topics that you cover, specifically what it was like for African-American entertainers in Las Vegas. This was, this was one of the tough topics to deal with because most people aren't aware that Las Vegas had a significant segregation challenge to overcome in the 1950s. Uh, most people associate uh, entrenched segregation with southern states, but it was also true in, in western states. Uh, folks in Las Vegas who were African-American uh, could only live in one sector of the community. There were uh, covenants in, attached to most deeds in the rest of Las Vegas. It was difficult for African-Americans to get uh, jobs beyond entry-level jobs. There were very few African-Americans in management positions. <clears throat> and the really surprising thing for a lot of first-time visitors to Las Vegas is that African-Americans could not go into the casinos. They could not stay at the resort hotels. They could not dine there. And that included the entertainers. And all of the leading African-American entertainers performed in Las Vegas, from Lena Horne to Nat King Cole to Harry Belafonte to Johnny Mathis, Sammy Davis Jr. All of them performed there because the pay was so good. But they, most of them, at least through about 1955-56, performed, and then someone transported them to the west side of Las Vegas where they stayed in the segregated sector of Las Vegas. And it took uh, all that decade for some very forceful uh, entertainers like Lena Horne and Harry Belafonte and Nat King Cole to say, you know, we're not going to perform here unless we have free reign to stay on the property dine in the restaurants, gamble if we choose, and oh, by the way, that goes for our backup bands. It's not just me, the headliner. <clears throat> then a few of them went even went further and said, I will not perform in one of these rooms unless black customers can also come in. So it took uh, the concerted effort of the entertainers to pull this off. They did have some white allies in this, uh, notably Frank Sinatra. Sinatra uh, took it upon himself to, to be a player in this. Uh, he, he argued that if they're good enough to perform with me, they're good enough to stay in the hotel. He was particularly protective of, of his friend Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, when they performed it at the Sands. I want to get to the Rat Pack uh, and, and uh, Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr., but before I do, I don't want to quite leave the segregation issue yet. When was the color line broken? Was it done very slowly, or was there a moment or at least a a brief period of time when really the floodgates opened and there was full integration? Oh, good question. The the local chapter, the NAACP, had been working throughout the 1950s to get access to uh, uh, public accommodations. 
And finally, in uh, 1960, when the, the sit-in movement began in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, the NAACP got fully behind that, and they sent out a letter to all the local chapters urging <clears throat> chapter leaders to do something on a variation of a sit-in, to break down the segregation and public accommodation. So the, the, leader, the leaders of the local chapter in Las Vegas, the president at the time was a a dentist named James McMillan. Uh, there was also a physician named Charles West and a number of other leaders of the local chapter. They, they decided to confront the, the hotel owners and the Las Vegas and Clark County leadership saying, if you don't let African Americans into these casinos and hotels, we will conduct a march down the strip. And you know that the national media will cover that. And once they made this concerted threat in a letter to the mayor of Las Vegas, it, it, it led to some very quick negotiations. And on March 26, 1960, there was this uh, meeting of the leadership of the local chapter, the NAACP, with, with the mayor of Las Vegas and the governor of Nevada flew down to, to Las Vegas to be there. And the hotel owners, the casino owners agreed that they would they would break down the wall of segregation into public accommodations. It's the first step. It's not the most meaningful step because there still is a great difficulty for, for black residents to buy a home wherever they wanted to and to apply for all the lower-level management jobs and management jobs. But it is a first step, and it is at the end of the decade that I'm looking at, March 26, 1960. Okay, because I... I... I know that when they filmed Ocean's Eleven, which is after the time period that you're looking at, uh, it was interesting to me that I don't think there was one patron in the entire movie inside the casino who was African-American. I may be mistaken. but I and Oh, I you nailed it. You, you absolutely nailed it. In fact, and, before, that was filmed in 19, the same time. It was filmed in 19, in the early... Uh, weeks of 1960, but a few years earlier, Nat King Cole had a nationally broadcast show, a variety show, and they let him broadcast from the Sands Hotel because he was performing there, and he did something remarkable. At, at the beginning of one of his shows, he said, I want to introduce you to all the good folks here at the Sands Hotel. So he had the cameraman with him, and he, he, he went past all the employees, and the camera also swung past part of the audience. And as you saw, all the employees of the of the uh, nightclub, including the chefs, you saw only white faces. And it's clear that Nat King Cole did that on purpose to show that he was performing in a segregated nightclub. <laughs> but you're also right about uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven. And one of the, the in intriguing things, I don't know if Sinatra did it on purpose because this movement that I was talking about to force the city to integrate was done precisely when the Rat Pack was performing at the Sands Hotel. And uh, one night, uh, Sinatra made a reference to, there's not going to be any segregation here. I think that was more than just a, a, a short burst of, of support for the effort. I think he was watching very carefully what was happening in Las Vegas. Well, you've provided an excellent segue uh, to a part of your book that I'd like you to talk a little bit about. There's, there's a... a confluence of popularity between Las Vegas and the Rat Pack. They both kind of became nationally popular around the same time. Uh, the Rat Pack has a generally popular image, I think, uh, among most people, most people that uh, think of Sinatra and Lawford and Martin and, uh, and the like, think of them positively. You have a somewhat different take on it. Could you tell us a little bit about what your research revealed about them as a group in Las Vegas? Sure. I, when I researched this, I, I read uh, all the biographies of, of the five gentlemen, and, and some of them did some autobiographical pieces as well. I read the local newspaper accounts of, of their performances, as well as the national entertainment columnists. <clears throat> and, and your listeners can also go on YouTube and watch many of the performances. And what was, there were a couple of things that were clear about them. They were wildly popular. Uh, the, you couldn't get in to see a a show of the Rat Pack when they were performing in Las Vegas for a month. So, and it drew celebrities. There was a point during every performance where they would stop and 
the spotlight would go into the audience, and they would introduce all the celebrities that were, were at the show. So the one thing that's really, really important is they were wildly successful. But the, the, underneath that, one, if you watch very carefully, you will see that although they were saying positive things about trying to break down segregation, not just in Las Vegas, but across the country, they were treating Sammy Davis Jr. very badly. Uh, it was a typical shtick during their performance for Dean Martin to walk over and pick up Sammy Davis Jr. and walk to the microphone and say, I want to thank the NAACP for this nice award. Yes, right. I or uh, there'd be a point in the show where, where uh, Sammy would be performing and there would, there would only be a spotlight on him. And someone in the background would say, when the lights go out, Sammy, uh, be sure and smile so we, we know where you are. Right. right. Or there'll be a, a point in the show where <clears throat> they'll ask him to finish his song and get off the stage because the watermelon's really getting warm back here. Yeah. And they were equally tough on, on, on gay men. Uh, throughout most of the performances, it, it, was, it was common for them to, if they got close to each other, one of them would say, uh, hey, do you want to go check out some furniture stores tomorrow. Uh, one night, Milton Burrow was identified in the audience, and he he came up on the stage and said he was so glad to be up. And he walked over to Dean Martin. And he said, "You know, if I switch, you're you're going to be first. And and the people at the time laughed, but some people said, and, and I got this from one of the entertainment columnists in the Las Vegas Sun, Ralph Pearl. Some people began writing in to him saying, "You know, the guys have." cross the line on this ethnic stuff and this, this religious stuff. And even uh, Frank Sinatra's daughter, when she wrote a, a biography of her father, said that there were elements of the shows that were wonderful but also awful. So it, it, it's a mixed bag. They, they were really successful in promoting Las Vegas, but there was also this, this undertone of, of behavior that just would not be accepted in, in 2019. Yes, I think... You might be able to say that about a lot of the performers at that time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now, get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19. That's D-R-I-N-K-19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Borgata made history by becoming the first Atlantic City casino to offer land-based sports betting. Now, one year later, Borgata adds to its history by launching its own online sports betting platform, BorgataSports.com. BorgataSports.com players can enjoy the same range of sports bets currently offered at Borgata's land-based sportsbook, the new Moneyline Bar & Book. You'll find straight bets, parlay bets, live in-game betting, and much, much more at BorgataSports.com. And now when you sign up at BorgataSports.com using our promo code HOUSE, that's H-O-U-S-E, you get a risk-free bet up to $300 and 20 bonus dollars at BorgataCasino.com. Borgata has made history again with BorgataSports.com. Sign up today with promo code HOUSE and get your risk-free bet up to $300 and your $20 bonus money at BorgataCasino.com.
Your favorite casino is now your favorite sports book. Available anywhere in New Jersey. BorgataSports.com. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. That's BABE16. Because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. You're listening to House of Cards. Where was the house? Where was the house of cards? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to House of Cards. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now, get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19. That's D-R-I-N-K-19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. Listeners, just a reminder, if you just tuned in, we are speaking to the uh, great scholar, Larry Gregg, and he has written a book called Las Vegas in the 1950s, Becoming America's Playground. We're talking to him about the book. We only yes. have a couple of minutes left, and for listeners who just tuned in, again, we're speaking to Larry Gregg, who's a professor. He's written this really extraordinarily well-researched and well-written book, Las Vegas in the 1950s, Becoming America's Playground. Can you spend 30 seconds or so talking about the role of women at this time in Las Vegas? It was uh, an intriguing place for women. They faced a lot of barriers like African Americans. They couldn't get into the top management positions, but they but they did have opportunities that women across America didn't have. The pay was extraordinary. The per capita pay in Las Vegas was the highest in the country, and that included for for women. Uh, women did have some positions in the in the resort hotels, and the one that attracted the the type of job that attracted the most attention was as dancers and showgirls, and they were the highest paid in the country, and some of them were able to make enough money to become economically independent. So it was it was both a, a time of barriers, but also a time of opportunities for women. You said they couldn't be in management, but they couldn't even be dealers, right? 
Oh, that's right. Uh, in Reno, Nevada, women had broken in as dealers in the late 40s and the early 50s, and there were just a handful of women who were blackjack dealers in the downtown casinos in Las Vegas. But the men went to the city commissioners and said, no, you got to stop this because if you let too many women in, they'll drive down wages. And there was this remarkable city commission meeting in, in November of 1958 where over 400 male dealers showed up and the commissioners bowed to them and they banned women as dealers wow. in casinos. And there would be no women dealers until 1970. Wow. that's. I think we're going to end... Uh, on that note, I, I encourage folks to get this book. If you're even a little bit interested in what Las Vegas was like, this book will fascinate you. Uh, Larry, have you been back? I know you said you were there, which really got you into the research, but have you been back as a player? Do you play any of these games? I do. I, I'm a I'm a low-stakes video poker player. Ah, oh, so you look for the 100% plus machines to play, I bet. That's right. That's right. You can't play just any machine, as you well know. Yes. Well, this is great. I, I really appreciate you joining us. Are you working on any other book that may be coming out? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on a book on, on uh, the kind of the, the pioneer families of Las Vegas between 1905 and, and 1955. And I'll be back in Las Vegas this weekend to speak at the Mob Museum. I'll be talking about uh, Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, the gangster who completed the Flamingo Hotel. Yes. Well, we've all heard of him. Uh, I recommend the Mob Museum, by the way, for folks that have never been there. It's a fascinating place. Larry, this was great. I appreciate you joining us. I wish you well with your book and with your next book as well. Well, thank you for having me. It was, it was a treat. Okay. Uh, listeners, that was Larry Gregg, author of Becoming America's Playground, Las Vegas in the 1950s. Uh, that'll do it, listeners. Um, we're going to end the show, but come back next week. And until then, good luck and good day. Podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.